The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Big Six Podcast. <laughs> I can't tell if that's Will or Jamie. No, that was for Will Brinson. <laughs> I am Ryan Wilson. Will Brinson is not with us right now. <laughs> he is still alive, but he is not with us in, in, uh, in person. But it's me, Jamie Eisenberg, Brady Quinn, and Pete Prisco doing the Big Six Podcast from Indianapolis at the Combine. Tuesday, day one is in the books. We're going to talk about Joe Burrow's tiny hands, if that means anything. Uh, Joe Burrow's interest in the Cincinnati Bengals. He spoke about that earlier today and what to watch on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, first things first, uh, Jamie, I'll talk about, uh, I'll ask you in terms of any sort of offensive takeaways you had from uh, what you saw today in Indianapolis as it relates to fantasy. I think it's, first of all, you didn't see anything. <laughs> you know, that's, right. That's the thing. There's nothing really to see. It's more the conversations I think you're getting from for me, at least, it's from the coaches and the GMs, you know, not so much the incoming rookies because for fantasy, it doesn't really matter until these guys get on actual rosters. But, you know, to hear still some of the same concerns about Todd Gurley, to hear that Greg Olson, what his role is going to be with Seattle from Pete Carroll, um, you know, the fact that the Giants, for whatever reason, aren't committing to, to Daniel Jones. You know, a lot of it is just, you know, some of the same conversations that you've heard coming into the combine. And then, you know, it's a lot of the coach speak that's coming out of the combine you know until we get past the draft and free agency a lot of what we think is going to happen for fantasy really doesn't matter right now it's going to be what these rosters get reshaped and how those things change okay but we could we could find out what joe burrow is going to do in fantasy sure because we know where he's going can i say this real quick i'm excited about it yeah i'm I'm excited but where would you like okay just early in the process the Bengals pick him he 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 starts from day one i I already know he's gonna be 15 number 15 quarterback in fantasy really okay so a number two guy that you will take, similar to what we would have said about to what I would have said about Kyler Murray last year. Yeah. You know, somebody that you could take that has a chance to be a starter. It's contingent, I think, on AJ Green. You know, right. if AJ Green's there, uh, changes He'll things be a little bit. Um, but I, I mean, I like the weapons. I like the, the skill set for that offense, and I think it's going to be a situation where he's going to throw a lot. I, I will disagree and say that we didn't see anything today because we did see something. We saw wide receivers who come in all shapes and sizes, and I cannot wait to watch these guys work out because you got a sense for it. If you're looking for big, we got big. we got T. Higgins. we got Chase Claypool. We have other guys who would fall Claypool's in that category. Claypool's going to become a tight end, though. But, but I'm saying maybe not. We don't know. I, I talked to someone who was in the know. They feel like maybe he a little bit overhydrated, probably drank too much water before the weigh-in. <laughs> well, he drank a lot of water, then. He drank a lot of water, but this still. This guy kid might be drowning. <laughs> I, I know this much. He is going to work out as a wide receiver, at least at this point. Uh, I did not hear word that he was going to do any tight end drills at this. So as of right now, we why know he's he going to do, do it. Why wouldn't he become a move tight end? Because, well, I'm not saying that he can't become a move tight end, but I don't think you want to necessarily do something like that if you haven't prepared for that, especially if they ask don't you, you think he plays, drills. You, you're a Notre Dame guy, of course. No. Don't you think he plays move tight end on the next level? No, I don't necessarily think that. I, I think How many he, guys have made be, that move, though? But right. what's, what? How what's he play in the NFL? What's he run? Well, he would be your X. He would be your split. What's he end. run? He'd be a wide receiver. What's he, he run? One vertical routes downfield. But I think that's also something that he can prove throughout this process is the ability to run a greater variety of routes. At 238 that, pounds, he's going to be rolling you're, down you're, the field if he plays wide receiver. You're, you're distracting from the point, though, right? Because like all what we did see was you have Brandon Ayuk from yep. your alma mater, Arizona yep. State. I'm excited he about him. 
Uh, obviously, Henry Ruggs. We'll see how fast it's he wants to run. It's a great class. He, Henry Ruggs told me today he is going to break the record. That's what he said. He said that he's been testing and he feels like he's on a good pace. He'll be disappointed. Four, four, two, two? Yes. He thinks he should be able to break that record. I'll tell you what. When you put him on tape, <laughs> you go, wow. Yeah. I just can't believe how he runs away from people. It's 98 incredible. catches in college, 24 of them went for touchdowns. It's amazing. You know how many drops he had last season? None, right? One, One. drop. You know, it's interesting with this receiver class. Got big hands, too. If you compare it to last year. And last year's class was good for fantasy. Obviously, it's good for the NFL. Um, the top two guys did very little by comparison to the guys that went on day two and day three. I mean, Marquise Brown had the foot injury. Nikhil Harry barely played. But A.J. Brown, star, you know, D.K. Metcalf came on second half of the season. Debo Samuel, what he did, you know, sort of as a hybrid, running the ball, catching the ball. Um, you know, McLaurin, McLaurin. was, uh, you know, it's funny coming out of the draft. I remember everybody saying, he's such a good blocker. <laughs> and then he goes to Washington. He's their number one receiver. You know, uh-huh. so there's going to be guys that you know don't go in day one. In some cases, day two, that are going to end up being good fits for teams. In the, if they end up in the right situation, we'll those Ohio State kids, KJ yeah. Hill, Austin Mack, those guys will get drafted and they will show up and they will play out well. You with got 20 receivers in this draft class that's probably going to end up being productive players. In uh, I, would we, we were actually, I would say 30. We were walking down the street while Ryan was eating his fourth hamburger today. Um, <laughs> And I was walking with Van Jefferson. He was uh, going to a, a meeting of some sort. I don't know. And, uh, you know, for me, I was excited, you know, Gator uh, talking to him. And, he, you know, he's got a chance to help a team. Florida wide receiver. Know, for, Florida wide receiver. I know, um, I know his dad very well. Well, because you're old. But um, I, I think it's one of those things where he's another guy that, you know, is going to be certainly later. In, you know, he might be in the 30s in terms of receivers off the board. No, he'll be before that. I'm just, you know. Right. Later in the process, that somebody who could be a difference maker for a team as well, just because he's a little bit older. He's a great route runner, by the way. He's, he's fantastic. Because yeah. his dad taught him. His dad is his dad was Sean Jefferson. One of the right, that's right. One of the best games I saw Van Jefferson play last year was against LSU, and he did some work against Stingley. And that's a fun game to watch if you want to go see what he what he can do. Uh, Brady mentioned talking to Henry Ruggs on the radio. We talked to him here on HQ, and he actually told us a story about. We talked to Tua, we talked to Burrow, we talked to Jerry Judy, and um, we talked to. Henry about being fast, and he, he said the only way that Jerry Judy would agree to race him is if Jerry Judy got a head start. <laughs> we asked Judy about it, he goes, absolutely, I was not going to run a- against him. But, but Judy, you watch- he, Judy's a better player. He though. told me another story, too. He said um, back in high school, because everyone knew he was pretty fast, his, the, the, the track coach came out and they, I, he said, hey, I, I want to maybe run. They're like, oh, we, we're good. We've got our 4 by 100 team. And, and his football coach was like, no, you should you should let him run or at least you know try to go out and have him race against these guys, see how fast he is. So he goes ahead and he races all those guys 100 meters, obviously beats them. And then he basically said to the coach, no, you guys didn't want me in the first place, so I'm not going to do it. So he really doesn't have a formal track background, which is rare for a guy who's got that sort of speed. But I think he said the best he was timed out was like a 10-4, which is fast, but not that fast. At least not a guy that's going to equate to a 4-2-1 if he wants to beat John Ross's record. By the way, have you seen the video of the the – Alabama receivers running the. I asked him about any races, and he only mentioned one time he and Jalen Waddle tied a couple years no, ago. There's, there's one where they ran the four by one hundred meter relay, I, right. and, and he anchors it, and he blows them. He, they ran the DBs. They raced against oh, okay. the DBs, and he blew them away. Yeah, and he, he could, could fly. Absolutely. He's going. He's going uh, mid first round easily. I think you're right. Um, I'm with you. By the way, we also have a uh, bonus episode with all the people we talked to on Tuesday, so look out for that. And now, uh, of course, we need to talk about Joe Burrow's tiny hands. Um, you talked about him going 15th in terms of where you think he'll go fantasy-wise. What were your hands, Brady? You measured your hands today. Ten and a quarter. And were they the same size they were? I think they actually <laughs> shrunk. Today they were like ten. I was like, oh, no. So, oh, you got it. Well, it's old age. Yeah. Tell me about it. Pew. 
<laughs> you know what it is? I think it's actually from gripping the phone so much. It literally—I oh, don't think right, I have yeah. as, 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 as much dexterity you, in my you, hand. Here's what you do: you get your iPad as your phone, and you walk around like that. <laughs> there you go. He's palming it the whole time. So last year, I actually told the story earlier today, Pete. Last year, the Senior Bowl, you sort of pissed off Drew Drew, uh, Drew Locke when you said, "Hey, how do you feel about those nine-inch hands you have?" Because he had nine-inch hands. And what did what did he say to you? No, I said I said to him, I, I said you're going to get picked apart for having nine-inch hands. <laughs> And he goes, yeah, yeah, I expect it, I expect it. And he walked away from me a little bit. He turned around and he said, Dan Marino had small hands. <laughs> and he knew how big of a fan you are of Dan Marino. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. If Dan Marino had small hands, I would be a quarterback. I'd want to have small hands. Did you hands. see Jake Fromm's response to people talking about his small hands? No, what did he say? He said, yeah, these small hands that went to three straight SEC championship oh, games. Nice. Well done. You didn't point That's out the four good. misspelled words because his little fat fingers couldn't type. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like Mahomes sticking up for, for Joe yeah. Burrow, too. Yeah. So you don't have any issue. I don't think you cared about Drew Locke's hand size. I'm guessing you don't care about Joe Burrow's hand size. No. I, look, if you like he said before when we were on set, if you, if you can throw the football in the weather in college, and it's not an issue, it won't be an issue in the NFL. I like kidding around about small hands. Like I called Sam Darnold baby hands for a while there, <laughs> and so that would make uh, Jake Fromm baby baby hands. Yeah. But, but no, I, I I don't. We we you don't see anything that shows that they have problems holding the football. So well, I think the only thing that you'd be concerned with, um, because there is an element of, and people talk about this. Well, Jake Fromm, and we talked about this. Jake Fromm, Joe Burrow, both played in humid climates where the ball might be a little slick at times, but for the most part, they do a good job at keeping those things uh, pretty dry. And even then, there's like a tackiness to them, almost when you're in a humid climate. Well, when you go up north and you're in cold weather, that's when sometimes it's dry, it's cold. Those things do get a little bit slick. That's where you need a little bit more ability to cover surface area of the ball. And and so if they do get drafted to a cold weather place, could that become an issue, especially when there's wind? Of course, especially if you don't spin the football well. So um, you know, well, but look, there's guys in this draft, for example, Jordan Love, who's got the biggest hand, I think, of what we saw measured today, 10 and a quarter, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, he doesn't necessarily spin the ball overly well or consistently well. So just because you have a big hand, too, doesn't necessarily equate to you being able to help spin where the you're football. from, too. I mean, like in Burroughs' case, being from Ohio. Yeah, I mean, I he think he's adjusted to it. He's yeah. dealt with it before. There shouldn't be any concerns about him being able but to your go hand, in. But your hand size in high school wasn't the same as your hand size in the NFL. True. Um, maybe it grew a little bit. I mean, I, I would think at most. I mean, I was six three leaving high school. I think I became almost six four by the time I was done with college. So it's not like my hand grew that but, much. But more you too. did you? Okay, so let's say your hand was nine nine and a half. Did you ever have problems holding the football in high school? No, no. So, but I you're also playing with a smaller ball, right? It's true, but ball. but I don't know. I just think that sometimes we it's Look paralysis by analysis. Yeah. Exactly what it is. So Joe Burrow also put to rest uh, any concerns where he's going to play next year. He said Cincinnati. Um, he actually said specifically, I have a fire in my belly to play in Cincinnati. And pointed to Pete Prisco. <laughs> well, that's good. He's got fire in his belly, Pete. Well, he does. That kid has fire in his belly. <laughs> okay. But, Jamie, I wanted to ask you, um, did you care uh, from a fantasy football perspective? Like, is this a better fit in Cincinnati? Because we just talked about the cold weather. Would have been some, I mean, I would imagine he would have been better in Miami weather-wise, but he would have taken a beating. Uh, in terms of having the offensive line. I, I like this fit. I really do. I think, you, you know, they'll be better on the offensive line with Jonah Williams being healthy or whatever they add to it this offseason. Keeping A.J. Green, if Pete's right, that, that would be huge in just adding a premier wide receiver, hopefully he can stay healthy. Tyler Boyd, John Ross, if those guys stay on the field, it's going to be a good situation. What Joe Mixon did the second half of the season running the ball, he's got elite talent, you know. So uh, this is a defense that's going to have to, I, I still think, put him in, or a defense that will put him in some situations where he's probably having to throw late, which will help his fantasy production so I just like the setup for him 
I don't know if there's another situation that, that, that could be better. Maybe Carolina could be better. Maybe Miami could be better. Uh, the Chargers could be, you know, teams that are going to be looking at quarterbacks, but this is as good as those, if not better. And so I, I just think he's got an opportunity to step in and be one of the better rookie passers that we've seen with great talent around him. When you're talking about 60 touchdowns in college, if any of that translates to the NFL, not the same numbers clearly, but you know, if he could be close to 30 touchdown passes, could he be close to 4,000 yards and limit the mistakes? That's going to put him in some pretty elite company right away. I think it's a great situation for him. And I'm, I'm not, Oh, we've talked about this. I'm you, not just saying it's because of the Bengals, and I think that people have come down hard on the Bengals for no reason. But I think it's a great situation for a quarterback. You're going in with a second-year coach. You're going in with a veteran receiver in A.J. Green. Tyler Boyd is a hell of a number yeah. two receiver. And that running back in the last eight games of the season, Joe Mixon, was as good as any in the league. You get Jonah Williams back. I told Zach Taylor today, I said, you guys and your line coach should be anointed for sainthood for getting Bobby Hart to play the way he did because that guy was a spinning top and he played pretty good last year. They like their center. They have a young left guard that they, that started last year as a rookie. Michael Jordan. They have a group of guys that are going to develop and do a good offense. It's a great situation for Joe Burrow. We saw it with, you know, John Ross last year when he stayed healthy. He's the type of guy that gives you cheap touchdowns. You know, because you get those big plays that you can't, you know, the yards after catch, the things you can't account for with some other players. Do you have any faith in John Ross in 2020? If he's healthy. If he's healthy. It's always if he's healthy. Yes. You know, he, him and Will Fuller, I kind of put those two guys together because if we ever saw 16 games, you could just see, I don't want to say astronomical stats, but you could see some pretty mind-blowing numbers from those two guys on minimal catches, huge yards, you know, uh, huge yards per catch, you know, just based on what they're capable of doing with their speed. And Ross... Had two great games to open the season last year, and then everything fell apart for him because once again he got hurt. And, and his ability to stretch the field puts a fear in the defense. Now, so can Burrow be the type of guy to right. throw it down there? Oh, he. Zach Taylor was asked about this. You know, he's like, do you, "Are you any concerned about his arm strength?" And he goes, "How many times do you actually see a guy drop back and throw the ball seventy yards down the field?" Right. You know, no, I mean, it's very rare. Right. And, so and, and Brady, you, we've talked about his arm strength. You think it's good, it's good enough? enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no concerns with that. I, look, if I, if I'm going to be realistic. Am I concerned about um, looking at their track record and looking at the organization and saying, is it the best place for him to go? Of course not, but he doesn't have a say in it, right? They're number one. They've got the pick. If they want to take him, he's going to be their guy. And, um, but what's be, the best place for him? Well, I think you'd say the Kansas City Chiefs or any other <laughs> okay, team. Okay, okay, but his other option would be Miami. Is that a better place for him? Well, well, you know, I mean, so it could be Carolina if they had traded up. Is that up, a better place happen. for him? That's yeah, what I'm saying. It's like I think they're all – you know, okay, this is a 10 and that's an 8, and this is a 7 and that's a 6. You know, it's like you're, you're splitting yeah, hairs. It's varying with, degrees, but I do think you could look at other situations or organizations and say, yeah, is, is Carolina probably a better organization? Yeah, I'd be willing to go out on a limb and say they're a better organization than how Cincinnati has been. They've got the small scouting department in the NFL. They, but they draft well. But, but, but those uh, in your was, opinion, I, I don't know. I can tell you this much. From being from the state of Ohio, there's a lot of Bengals fans that don't feel like they have drafted. Well, they're well. wrong because in the last five years, they've done <laughs> a pretty good job. might be your opinion. No, even, in the last five so, years, they've done a good in, job in, of drafting. In, in the years where they went to the playoffs and couldn't win a playoff game, they, they put themselves in position to get there, however, right, sure. however it worked out. And if Joe Burrow presumably is better than Andy Dalton and he takes them yeah, you should be able to take them a, a win, two step. wins, whatever. But this team's obviously – Kind of far removed from that, like five years. A thousand right? percent. A thousand See, percent. I think but, 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 this, so, but this is the start of it, though. Sure, but, but the other point I'd make is if you look at the division that he's going to, you'd make the case that he's going up against at least two of the best defenses in the in the AFC, in Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Right, he's got to play them twice a year. Oh, they're the third team and then, best. 
No, no, no. I'm not talking yeah. about like where they rank. I'm yeah. just talking about as a if quarterback you're looking at it from a fantasy defense. standpoint, a quarterback facing defenses. Yeah. Those two are two of maybe the best. Sure. And then you've got to go up against Cleveland, which look, they're getting Miles Garrett back. It should be an improved defense to what degree? It's I don't easy. know. See, it's it's tough he, to have six games against that. If he goes there and wins, and he goes there and becomes what they think he can become, then they'll he'll do for the Cincinnati Bengals. What Russell Wilson and the defense did for the Seattle what did Seahawks, Carson Palmer do for which the is Bengals? make him well, that, relevant. And, and, and that's and, that, and that's the legitimate question I would ask Ryan. I think it's a great question. Thank what did he do? I mean, is he going to be better than Carson Palmer? He got hurt. No, no. What did he win? do for the city of Cincinnati with all that winning? They would have won. They would have. They probably would have won. But they would have won the playoff game and had a chance to win. Go to the Super Bowl that year. He got hurt. But you're making it sound like Joe Burrow is going to save Cincinnati from itself. I'm just wondering what is he going to do more than What are you Carson? saving oh, him from? I don't think he's making that case oh, uh, unless he's made another other. I don't no, think no, right no, now he's made that. All right, what are you saying? I, I think you know if you're Cincinnati, you're hopeful that they're. In the same scenario that they were with Dalton and Marvin Lewis, where they're making the playoffs. Oh yeah, now that I agree. And that's then the a, yeah. hope, the okay. hope would be is that the Taylor Burrow combination takes okay. them further. No, that's, I don't disagree. And if they do, and you, uh, all the people that look at that that team as being irrelevant, get off Mike Brown's payroll. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Can, can, I'm not on anybody's part. I'm on any. I'm a realist. I'm a realist. Here's what I'll say: was about to kiss you, you, I was, That's what I was worried about. I had to run away from that. If you look at what he had at LSU and what allowed him to take that monumental leap, right? It was a great system that Joe Brady helped come in, in particular on third down this year. Their offensive line was the best offensive line in college football. They're gonna have. Potentially, I heard they had the best receivers in college football too. They're right, right up there, right? They're, I mean, uh, Justin they're Jefferson, good. Justin they're Jefferson good. They're not. The, they're not Alabama. Jamar Chase will. We just talked about Henry Ruggs and how great he was. So they're clearly <laughs> not the best. <laughs> hey, let me ask quickly because uh, Thaddeus Moss. I mean, yeah, the, the only the reason I bring that up is like he's not going to have as good of a group uh, with the Bengals. It'll be a good group. <laughs> what are you talking group. about? So Brady, did you? Which one of those receivers is better talking. than AJ Green? No, Baby Brinson's got to get through you're, the podcast. You're not understanding the point. But AJ Green, would you make the case that AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, and John Ross are three of the best in the NFL? No, but they're okay. but he's a better. It's got a better receiving situation than he uh, for the NFL. His receiving situation would, is better than it was at the LSU. No chance. The, the right. combination of Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall, and Thaddeus Moss is better than AJ Green better. and Tyler Boyd and John Ross if he's healthy. Yes. No, no. What Brady's saying is those guys on those college, guys in college and where they would rank. That's one of the best. Oh, it's one of the best. best. In comparison, with if AJ Green is all the way back, but they're at best. You know they're they're a top ten unit. LSU is a top five unit. Okay, uh, from uh, comparatively yes. speaking, yes. offensive line, same yeah. thing. You went from the best in college football to right. running back. Where's the, the back? running back? Jonah Williams. There's okay, a, there's a reason. The that, running back isn't as good as the running back. There, there's a Clyde first. Okay. He's not as good as. Hey, he's my hey, he's my little sleeper for the running back. Brady, ten second, ten second on this one. Take a quick break, and we'll talk about two and the other quarterbacks. You didn't throw the combine because you were injured. Is that right? I had a torn PCL. I didn't want to make publicize that, did, but that was part of it. Yeah. You didn't throw. You were so, hiding yeah. injuries like an NFL guy, even in college. Well, here's the dumb thing: is looking back, yeah, like on a it, typical member of the media, no, what was he's stupid about it, it is, yeah. is you really like back then. You know, I tore my PCL in the bowl game. Yeah, and it wasn't that big of a deal. If if I would have just been open about it, it wouldn't have affected my draft stock. Obviously, I dropped in the draft anyway, and and it would and people would have been probably more understanding of why I wasn't throwing in the first place. Do you so, care that Burrow didn't throw? Or is no, not I don't care at all. I don't care at all about that. I think it's. Um, He's he had literally had the greatest season I've ever seen from a college quarterback, maybe right. of any player. I, I don't know what else he has to prove. Pete, you said this is your twenty sixth combine. Yes, I'm guessing you would have cared twenty years ago. If Burrow didn't throw. You probably don't care now. Back in the day, you probably cared a little more because there weren't 
the pro days weren't that big a deal back then like they are now. You didn't have all this training in the off season like you do now. I mean, these guys get schooled on this entire process for two right. months. You know, that's why when they go to an, an interview, did you, when you, before your combine process, did you go get schooled by the interview techniques and all that by the, I don't know that we had, we had someone who came in and spoke to us like as a group, but we didn't have anyone sit down one-on-one. Now these guys have someone who comes in, they spend four hours with it's them. It's crazy. And they go through almost like they're preparing for a trial. Like literally they have to defend anything in their past, anything they've done or that's out there. They will have someone come in and dig stuff up and they will put them on the stand and basically grill them and then work on how they're going to respond and, to And then questions. you go to the, did you go to a, a training facility? Yeah, of course. You did? But yeah. back 20 years ago, they right. never did that. Yeah. Ever. And this became a new thing. And well, be, you can't say 20 years ago. You have to say probably 30. Like, you're getting so old that you don't remember. <laughs> like, 20 years ago, like, I was probably just getting ready to enter college. So, like, yeah, they still had this back then. It was probably 30 years ago, Pete. 30 years ago. Nobody did that. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the rest of the quarterbacks. 20. Starting with Tua <laughs> Tangabailoa. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. All right. So Tua is going to expect to be cleared on March 9th. His pro day, April 9th. Uh, like realistically, what are we going to see on April? I don't know he's going to be able to, what he's going to be able to do and what teams are going to be able to be impressed with on April 9th. Um, do you guys have any thoughts? Go throw, go. I mean, look, if he's cleared, but he can't throw. Like, what if his hips? Then why are you having a? Then, then he doesn't throw at the pro day. He goes has a special day later off, later on in the process. I'm, I'm well, more curious how about much later what going to be. Two I'm more, weeks? I'm, yeah, right. You don't have much time. I, I'm more curious about what he's doing right now. You know, if he Soft gets cleared or something. What's well, if he, he gets cleared at March 9th, which is relatively soon, to be full or cleared, whatever that means. I mean, is a month's time even enough for him to adjust to the atrophy that's happened in his hip? You know, adjusting to however his hip feels too from a pain threshold standpoint. And, and is that going to compromise his throwing motion? That's one of the things that you love about him is his compact release and, and he's got enough zip, makes all the throws. So I just, I wonder what he's doing now. I wonder, you know, he, in that I period mean, he, from the 9th to the April 9th, he how may not he's be making improve. NFL or, or college level throws right now, but he's probably 
throwing and he's probably uh, soft tossing yeah. to some degree. So he's, he's moving around fine. Like you know, you watch him walk around here. Yeah, he's, he's walking he's not fine. Running, you know, I obviously, know but right there's there's no. Are you concerned about him getting hit? Yeah. Well, I would say this: his pro day doesn't matter as much to me. I'm more concerned about the private workouts because the private workouts they will test you more. Push him. Well, they won't push. They won't can't touch you like that. But they will test you as far as your change of direction. And that's where, like, you know, you can pull something or you can twist something or have an issue when a coach introduces a, a drill that you haven't prepared for, haven't rep before. That's where, like, when it's unfamiliar to you, you can have some injuries. But if you draft him, he, he let's just say he has his pro day and does okay and throws the football, and you draft him, are you holding your breath every single time he takes a shot on that hip? Yeah, probably. Yeah. See, so what, let me ask you this. Until to me. he takes one and then gets back up and nothing's but, wrong. But, but and even if he takes one and gets back up, is there a chance that number two or and number three look, not? He's had enough injury history. Anytime he lays on the ground a little bit too long yeah. or anytime he gets hit, I would is be that, concerned. Is that a product of brittle bones, bad luck? What's the reason for He it? told me today when we spoke that with his ankle surgeries that he has, is that actually long-term he should be better off that he got the surgery. So... He looked at that as it won't be problematic moving on in the future, at least as far as the ankle injuries. So what if he isn't cleared April 9th to do everything he needs to do football-wise? The draft rolls around. And and he still hasn't thrown yet? Well, he's thrown, but he can't can't run a free zone drill or something. Right. No, but let's just say by April 9th he can't do an NFL workout. Yeah. Passing the football, like doing all the drills, rolling out. You're investing in the film. You're investing in the player yourself. Okay, so what if he's there at number 13 and you're the Colts? Are you... Are you if drafting If he gets them? the 13, then that's a problem. I think the Colts, right. I think the Colts are going to go after Rivers. My point is that what if two is there in the middle of the first round and but your see, team needs but a that's quarterback? Just, oh, if your team needs a quarterback? Like, okay. He's not getting past seven. But what if he? we don't know all the details about his health? But I think if you're a team, like, I mean, Miami can play it out. The Chargers can play it out. The Panthers can play it out. I mean, those are three teams that can sit a, let him sit a year. What if he's not ready? My point is that what if the hip's... What if he's never ready? Is what you're saying? But yeah, it's, it's, it's I don't still, think that's the case. Though. If you have enough information, if he doesn't to have he's ready, the Bo Jackson injury, him in, I think he'll be able to play. Okay. I don't know that. I mean, look, his injury happened in what November? Yep. I don't think he'd be walking the way he's walking. If it was Bo Jackson, right now, if it was Bo Jackson, or if I it was agree. that bad. Okay. All right. Well, you guys feel good about it. Um, all right. You don't. So I'm just ner- nervous knowing that it was a really serious injury, and although the reports initially after the surgery were good, you can't really tell. The three month checkup was great, so By that's the great news for him. He bro- what did he do? Break? He broke both Fractures. ankles? Oh, right. No, I don't know if he broke them. Well, high ankle sprains, which I don't know the severity. They had surgery of both of them, right? Right. So he had those. Then he also broke his nose on that play. Yeah, he, and he broke his finger in practice. I mean, this guy's brittle. Because <laughs> he broke his nose? Pete, you've broken your nose many times getting punched in the face. I, no, I broke my nose playing basketball, actually. Was that how? Yeah. I thought someone sucker punched you at a bar. No, he and I had surgery with the, the quarterback on my football team was the it? same day, and he got punched in the face with a motorcycle helmet. Did he recover from broken fire in the belly, though? No. There you go. No. So, um, speaking of fire in the belly, there are a bunch of other quarterbacks here. Um, Jamie, I'll start with you in terms of fantasy impacts of guys like Justin Herbert, Jordan Love we talked about, Jacob Eason's another strong arm, arm guy. Is there anything that you take away from this week watching these guys? Um, probably not throwing in shorts and T-shirts, but in just in terms of projecting um, when you start drafting these guys for fantasy purposes. There, there won't be another guy drafted most likely fantasy-wise this year. You know, just because, again, Burrow's going to walk into a starting job Tua may walk into a starting job. Maybe Justin Herbert, but you know, I, I don't, for me, I just don't look at him as a fantasy caliber quarterback. Now, yeah. I, I, I would have said the same thing about Daniel Jones from his, even after he was drafted, because I thought Eli would play it out a little bit longer, so I wasn't going to draft Daniel Jones because I knew Eli was going to start the season. But as we saw, Daniel Jones had some great moments. You know, once we got that week three game against Tampa Bay, it was like, oh, he could play. 
And not only can he play, he's got great talent around him. You know, it's a similar conversation to Joe Burrow. He walked into a situation where Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, that's that's a dream for, right. you know, skill position players. And so, you know, if uh, if Herbert ends up in one of those situations, maybe Jordan Love, you know, once you get past those guys, though, I don't think we're going to see anybody go in as a starting NFL quarterback, let alone a starting fantasy quarterback. So, uh, Brady, I know you love Jacob Eason. Is there anyone you're particularly interested in seeing this week do sort of separate themselves after maybe up and ups and downs during the um, college football season? Um, yeah, I think Easton's an interesting one because he only has one year starting. And, you know, you're, you're going to notice the velocity on his ball in comparison to everyone else. And that's kind of like very similar to kind of what we saw with Josh Allen. When you saw Josh Allen throw at the combine, you go, holy cow. And he, I remember him throwing those deep balls, and it felt like the ball was in the air forever. Easton has the ability to impress you with that and wow you with that. And, and I think if he, you know, ends up throwing well for whatever that means in T-shirt and shorts – it goes a long way in kind of just reaffirming that, hey, he's got one of the strongest arms in the draft. He could be one of those guys you're looking at in the second, third round to be a guy that can come in eventually or maybe be the guy to take over at some point in his rookie season. Aren't you looking forward to Nate Stanley hitting the wall about eight times? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Peter, I got a request. They want, they, they want um, Steve wants to hear your thoughts on Jordan Love. I said before, I watched, I watched two of his games on tape yesterday, and there is a lot to like about him. Uh, Have I you mean, ranked your quarterback yet, or you haven't gotten to that point? I mean, if I had to do it right now, it would be Burrow 1, and a clear one in my book. Yeah. Two or two. Probably Herbert 3, although I don't love him. I know. I don't love him, and probably love right there with him. The, thing, how- that, the thing that I like about love is he, he plays the position. He's got kind of a feel for it. It's different when you watch Herbert. Fire in the belly? <laughs> I don't know about fire in the belly. <laughs> but, but it's effortless it's, at times yeah. with him. Yeah, he, 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 he can just play. He's an athlete. He can play. And, and you look at Herbert, and it just feels mechanical. It feels robotic. It feels like he's feeling his way through it. And maybe that has to do with the system. Maybe See, it doesn't. And you talk about his running ability. And, and I remember sitting there watching the Rose Bowl, and everybody was going nuts about, look at Herbert running the football and everything. That's not what I wanted to see. I wanted to see him go back and make throws. And well, accurate throws. He, he he did enough of that, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the difference between him and Love is if you want a guy who can shave throws, Love can do that to a degree. He can he can fit balls in windows. He'll take a chance doing that. Herbert has to wait for that guy to get to the window. He throws a very flat ball. So he's got a deep ball, which is pretty flat, and then he's got essentially his, his quick passing game. The intermediate routes, to me, is where he really struggles, unless he's thrown to the outside where a guy's isolated. When a guy's six foot five or whatever, he he's every whatever, bit of six, 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 and he's got that arm, you know that's everything and anything normally what I want to see in a quarterback, yeah. and I don't see it. I just don't By the way, see Pete, it. It, I, you talk about tool with fire in the belly. I think you uh, ascribe that to Justin Herbert as well. Can you explain that to the podcast listeners who haven't been around you for the last month? Yeah, what does fire in the belly mean? Fire in the belly means <laughs> when I ask you a question that I normally would see, expect an answer from a quarterback that would have fire in the belly. And I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I asked Tua if he had played the rest of the season, would he have come around and won the national championship? And his answer was, I don't know. We have a lot of circumstances, everything. And I want to hear the quarterback say, you're damn right I would have. And I actually told Burrow that when I was talking to him. And Burrow said, well, you know, we beat him when he was playing. (laughs) That's fire in the belly. It's a little jab to show you that I'm better than him. And I'm willing to put it it out there. It's a competitiveness. Yes, a drive, a desire, a want to. Did you have that, Brady? 
Do you have fire yeah. in the belly? I mean, I think every quarterback. Not every quarterback. Oh, come well, on. Well, that, that makes this level of to some degree. Whether or not they display it to you is different. Because you have to I understand the position he's in. He's here at the combine. He knows every single thing he says Correct. is being monitored and watched. So he's probably a little at cautious the, about saying This was here. at the Super Bowl. But, but okay. I get it. Every quarterback who gets to this level is truly special on a certain level. But there's some that are different. And others, it's like pizza. There's, there really is no such thing as awful pizza. There's just some that's a lot better than others. I mean, you'd rather eat a bad. I, I disagree with that. A well, bad frozen pizza give, is give better than Brussels. Similar example, which ties in Jordan Love. We spoke to Darwin Thompson at the Super Bowl, and I asked him about is his role going to change from his rookie year. We didn't do very much, even when Damian Williams was out to his second year. And he said, everybody on this level is an amazing athlete. The thing that separates the amazing athlete from being good to great is what you do in the classroom and studying and do all these other things to make yourself better. And so I think it's kind of the same thing. It's like you want to see somebody that's taking that great athlete and want to step on the next guy's throat to get to the king's chair. And, and, and I think like what you're getting from Tua is not that killer instinct, Correct. that fire in the belly. Now he, to, now I, I could be way off. This is well, I heard, I heard you say this, Brady. The fact that he came back from the two ankle injuries, yeah, and he came his back, back really to fuzz like back. His, and his actions. This, did he not have the killer instinct when he beat out Jalen Hurts, who was the Heisman runner up this year? But we've seen guys come back from injury and they don't have the killer instinct. They just come back from injury. Right, he may be going through those motions. He, the, the psychological he unnecessarily. Part of the I think right coming in this year, you, you say no doubt he's a first round pick, right? And he put himself in a situation where he got an ankle surgery that he really didn't need. At that point in the time of the season, he could have thrown in the towel. He could have waited four to six weeks. Didn't need to rush back. He rushed back to play at a one-versus-two game. And he did not look healthy by the end of that game, even before he hurt his hip. He looked like he was See, starting to I'm labor. in the minority on this one, too. When he took over for Jalen Hurts. I'll stop it. And he, they interviewed Jalen Hurts on the sideline, and he seemed thrilled with the whole idea of winning national championship. <laughs> There's no fire in the belly. I wanted to see him go, I should have been playing. They yanked me out in the middle of the damn game. I'm the starting quarterback. I'm not happy about that. I, I'm sure he Why wasn't would a, you be happy about that? Again, this ties in, this ties in Marino. Right. Because Marino, the ultimate, the fire, ultimate in fire in the belly. <laughs> the All right, well, that is... Uh, <laughs> Look at Brady rolling his eyes. <laughs> we're going to have to come back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Pete will be it here, It always thankfully. goes back to Danny. <laughs> and tomorrow, Pete, you can talk more about fire in the belly. I'm sure people will have uh, responses. I think it's I think it's because Pete eats too much chili. That's why he has fire in the belly. <laughs> That'd be fire somewhere. Else. Yeah. So yeah, tomorrow's Wednesday. The defensive backs are going to be here. Uh, they're going to get measured. Wade, we'll be talking about that, and we'll have the podcast again tomorrow Wednesday night. So come back for that. That is Ooh, the rich and come back again. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.